Hi everyone, I'm Madeline Park, stylist and vintage fashion hound. I believe everything has a story, whether it be clothes or the people that wear them. As we step out of lockdown and isolation and cast the athleisure wear aside, we come into a moment in fashion that celebrates colour and joy. It's time to express ourselves. It's time to be seen. So this is Style Stories Season 7, a series which continues to share stories of creative people with a strong sense of style, but with a celebration of colourful and camp styles that ask bigger questions of our Australian identity. And if expressing ourselves and being seen is important, I've gotten a whole lot more visual and released a mini documentary on YouTube and Instagram that helps answer these style questions and tell the story of the colours of camp in Australia. The final episode of Season 7 is a live broadcast of the season launch which I hosted at Dolce's King's Cross in conjunction with the Potts Point Partnership and the Glittering Mile Festival. In keeping with the colourful camp theme of the season, the night was a joyful celebration of self-expression and included an interview with local drag queen and wig and makeup artist extraordinaire, Minx Moscato. While Minx's upbringing in suburban Diggers Rest may not have provided the colour they were seeking out, Sydney is where Minx came to find their rainbow and earn their drag queen wings. Minx not only gives us an entertaining encounter of their style story, but some vivid tips on wig and makeup trends to watch out for, some not for the faint-hearted. I hope you can sit back, relax, and enjoy listening to Minx's story. We're on to our podcast interview component of the evening, guys. <laughs> Um, I'm very excited to be hosting Minx Moscato and telling their style story tonight. They've come fully equipped in their opera house earrings from Doodad and Fandango. I am very excited to actually be doing one of my interviews live uh, and so I think we'll just get cracking. Yes, I'm excited. I'm nervous, <laughs> but I'm excited. You don't be nervous. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure we'll be fine. Um, so. This is Minx Moscato, um, but you weren't always Minx Moscato. No. <laughs> In my Style Stories interviews, I always like to start at the beginning, and I know um, we just had a lot of Australiana and Australian references in terms of understanding identity. Um, but Minx, you weren't born in Australia, were you? No, so I was born in Scotland, in Edinburgh, and I moved to Victoria with my family when I was about seven years old. And I grew up in a small country town called Diggers Rest. And it's where the diggers went to rest before they dug. <laughs> so little gay old me in a small town with nothing but a post office and a fish and chip shop. And here I am today, <laughs> a glamorous drag queen. Do you remember that transition from Scotland to Digger's Rest being formative for you? It was really weird because in Scotland they don't have such thing as prep. So I started in grade one and my teacher was like, okay, is number six odd or even? And I was like, I don't know. And I started crying because I had no idea about anything. I was such a little baby and it was so scary moving to a different country. Yeah, and Digger's Rest sounds like it would be quite specific, was it? Very specific. <laughs> Very specific. <laughs> Can you describe some of that specificity? So I would say you could walk down the street 
and you'd see people washing their concrete driveways. <laughs> you would see um, lots of stray dogs. It was very glamorous. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and did you, were you looking for glamour at that age? Do you think that you were looking for a bit of colour and glamour that you might not have been otherwise finding in Digger's Rest? I was lucky enough to meet like a good group of girls in primary school and we would always watch High School Musical and I had a crush on Troy Bolton and that's when the gears started turning. I was like, oh no, mum and dad, I think I'm gay. And then we would like film ourselves um, copying the routines from the musical and I think that's where it all started for me. I would also like make my family come to the lounge room and I would perform magic tricks and do gymnastics and make everyone watch. I guess it's stuck with me. <laughs> yeah, and were, were costumes part of that performance for you? Oh then? yes, lots yeah. of feather boas. Yeah. I would always steal my mum's makeup, a little bit of lippy on the eyebrow, never did anyone wrong. <laughs> <laughs> and how was that received by your family? Were they, did they embrace the performance? Well, when I finally came out to my parents at 15, my mum was like, I had no idea. I was like, you're lying. You would have had to have known, surely. But I think she was just trying to make me feel better somehow. But um, no, they've always been supportive, no matter what. And now as an adult, they're always at my shows and they're very, very supportive. Yeah. And you were saying earlier today um, that you're, you've got a big sister, is that right? Yeah, so my sister, she's three years older than me and um, she was working as a freelance makeup artist and I think that's also where my love for makeup came from. I was always watching her do up all the bridesmaids and all the brides and I was just always so jealous. Was this all me. in Digger's Rest? This is in Digger's Rest. So was it like a Muriel's wedding take on, on getting ready for <laughs> Well, there was a town next to Digger's Rest called Sunbury and people used to call it Scumbury. So that gives you an idea of where I'm from. And all the girls from Sunbury would come to Digger's Rest, get my sister to do their makeup, and we'd always have a little wine. I would just sit on the counter and watch them. Yeah. And so what people might not know is that you bet you're a professional makeup artist as well as a drag queen. Yes, and for the right price. <laughs> <laughs> makeup looks amazing Thank tonight. You. Yeah, it's good. I, I love to do makeup whenever there's special events on and I'm like the go-to drag makeup artist if you want to look snatched. <laughs> <laughs> so where did you find that? So your sister was obviously doing it. Did you pursue that as a, as a career choice or...? Well, I used to like steal her makeup and do my eyebrows before I went to school in the train station bathroom. And, then and yet your mum still didn't know. She, she didn't know. She knew. She's lying. And then from there, you know, whenever I would go out to events, I would start putting on a little bit of concealer. And then eventually when I moved to Sydney and started to get into drag, that's when I started to take it a lot more serious. Mm -hmm. And was that sense of colour something that was always important to you growing up? Yeah, I'm, I'm always for colour. I used to have a neon green room, blue sheets, all my clothing was colourful and yeah, makeup is just an extension of that as well. Yeah. It wasn't just the makeup, it was everything. So how did you come to find drag? So when I moved to Sydney, I was working in a call centre selling electricity. Sorry if I called any of you guys probably had your number in the system on repeat but I was like desperate for some sort of creativity and um, I met a group of friends who were dabbling in drag they were maybe like a year or two in and they decided to put me up in drag and I just fell in love with it I couldn't 
I couldn't not do drag every weekend. What did you love about it? I love the attention. I also love just like walking into a venue and just feeling important, I guess. I know that sounds a little bit selfish, but I love the feeling. And, and you know, obviously we, I, I interviewed etc etc in um, the documentary and when I was interviewing them they were talking about, you know, that drag was uh, an, a fully realised extension of themselves. Would you say that that's true for you too? In a way, yes, but in a way, no. I don't change so much in drag compared to what I am like outside of drag. I would just say it's like a little bit heightened. Obviously the look is very different, mm -hmm. but I guess my attitude kind of changes a bit as well. I get a little bit more confident in drag. I'd say it builds me up a lot. And is, and is it the costume and the styling that yeah. allows that confidence? It's kind of like wearing a mask, you know? And like I could meet someone during the day as Jordan and then at night time I could go and say hello to them that have no idea. I've done brunches and I, after the gig, I've gone home, showered, came back to the venue for a bite to eat, and then I just go and chat with the people and I'm like, how was the show, what did you think? And they have no idea it's me. It's just really fun. <laughs> Until you get a bad response and it's not very fun. <laughs> And in terms of Minx Moscato, you're obviously glamour is one of your hallmarks. How was Minx born? So Minx was born very trashy. I had a partner and he had a ratty wig and a size 12 shoe and a fishnet dress. And that's what I first went out in. Um, but Minx has turned into this like glamorous camp performer and yeah, here I am. <laughs> so how, how do you get inspiration for your looks? I get inspiration mostly from other drag queens in the scene. Uh, like for example, some of my closest drag sisters, we've got Minnie Cooper. She's like a very glamorous old Hollywood and I love that side of drag. Um, other queens, we've got Hannah Kondo, who I'm sure a lot of you guys listening will know. She is, very camp and theatrical and I also love that side of drag so I would say looking at other drag queens watching them perform on stage that's where I get a lot of my own inspiration for drag yeah and the name Minx Moscato Minx Moscato so one of my favorite artists is Nicki Minaj and she has a alcoholic brand called Mix Moscato which is vodka and Moscato I mean yum so I decided just to put a little twist on it and say Minx Moscato, and that's how that yeah. happened. And very sweet. Very sweet. I like all my drinks sweet and strong, if anyone wants to buy me one. <laughs> <laughs> and does that say something about who you are? Yes. I may be sweet, a little bit whiny, but <laughs> I'm strong. And obviously in the documentary, you know, we I did touch on the intersection between Australiana and drag, would you say that Diggers Creek is um, at all formative to Minx Moscato? I'd say no. I want to get as far away from that place as possible, to be honest. <laughs> no, it was very dusty, very brown, not a very glamorous place, I must be honest. I'd say my drag is inspired by Sydney and the colour and the brightness and the sunshine and the beaches and all of that. Yeah. So tonight is about having a fun camp night out. Um, and given your expertise in makeup, uh, 
you obviously have brought that to your look tonight, but uh, for the lay people in the room who may not have professional makeup skills, can you give us some advice on um, camp makeup trends or colourful makeup trends that uh, we could apply or learn from? I would say something I get complimented on a lot, which is actually so easy, is a glitter lip. So just put your regular lipstick on, no matter what it is, and then literally just dab the glitter into it and it will dry on its own. It'll stay there all day. And it's an easy way to sparkle up your look, a little glitter lip. Are you finding that different colours are trends in makeup at the moment? I'd say if you're going to be performing, wear a dark lip. But in terms of colours, I'd say graphic liner is trending. I did a little bit of graphic liner today. Not so much colours, more like shapes. I'd say people are going for that really snatched, uplifted cat eye look as well. Why do you think that is? Um, a lot of inspiration from maybe shows like RuPaul's Drag Race, for example. Um, all these queens have to be on TV. They're being watched and judged by everyone so their makeup skills are just getting to the next level and everyone wants to be like them yeah and um you not only makeup artist drag queen but you also have a wig company yes. um and your fabulous is it priscilla inspired did you say this yes week tonight? This is in, inspired by priscilla queen of the desert i was um riding home one night on my scooter and i went past a construction site and i saw this random spiralled up foam on the side of the road and I must admit I stole it but it was <laughs> it was like 11 o'clock at night and it was just sitting there so I knew I had to make a foam headpiece out of it <laughs> and you've done a fabulous job at that thank you <laughs> what other trends are you seeing in hairstyles that you're translating into wigs at the moment well when I'm not performing in drag I'm at home styling wigs for other people people are really going for that like sculpted gel wet look wigs at the moment it used to be more of those like classic uh vintage wave looks but people are trying to like really up the game anything to like get a reaction on instagram or online they want something that people are just going to be like wow i've never seen that before and i think like all those sculpted gel looks is what people are going for so because that, that was one of the points that when I was speaking to Maggie, who's a, a, an influencer, um, talking about the youth of today, like on Instagram and TikTok and all these highly visual mediums, they're looking for potentially more extreme ways of expressing themselves. Obviously, what you're doing in hair and makeup and wigs and makeup, sorry, is is extreme and um, the most fabulous forms of those things. So where where do you go to to reach for those things? Because you obviously have to try and do things innovatively and do things a bit differently. So where do you personally go for inspiration? Um, scrolling through other people's Instagrams, looking at what they've done, trying to put your own spin on it. Um, and also I want my, my business's Instagram to have so many different things for people to look at. I don't want it to be the same thing, just in different colours. So I'm always just thinking, what can I do to get a reaction? What can I do that's a little bit different? And for example, I just did this giant, I don't know if I should say this, this giant anal bead ponytail. <laughs> and I, <laughs> I had to make like a headpiece and put all this wiring through it and then put polystyrene balls on it and wrap it all in, in braiding hair. And yeah, it was a lot of work, but it's definitely worth the payoff when you get all the Instagram likes. 
But Minx, where did you get the inspiration for a giant anal bean ponytail? Please tell me. My bedside table, obviously. <laughs> no, I don't know. It just came to me in a dream. <laughs> Um, and, you know, obviously, you, as we've said, you're in terms of fashion, you are incredibly glamorous, but what styling tips can you give us for being particularly camp at the moment? Earrings, definitely. Gorgeous. Um, more is more. Ruffles, rhinestones, glitter, holographicness. Um, we've got some puffy sleeves up at the back. We want to see more of that in 2022. <laughs> Just more, more fabric. <laughs> okay, well, I um, want to thank you to, for coming and sharing a bit of your style story with me tonight, Minx. And um, I thank you for all your fabulosity, as Nikita would say. <laughs> thank you so much for having me, it's been a pleasure. If this season was about colourful camp expressions of identity and the performative nature of fashion, the oncoming season will document my next bold performative venture into the Vivid Sydney Festival. Listen out for season eight, where I interview some of the creative talent I'm working with to produce my Vivid event titled Fashion's Flash, Back to the Future. This event is only a few weeks away and will take place on the night of June the 7th at the UTS Great Hall in Ultimo. So if you'd like to join in the fun and find out more, please visit vividsydney.com or click the link in the episode description.